Greetings, everyone. This is the Hipster Snack, and today joining me are three of my closest Tomodachi brothers, the first being Mr. Clockwork Fiction. Burning the cow at both ends really sucks sometimes. Yes, it does. And after him comes Cog. I'm, I'm right there with you, Mr. Mr. Clockwork. <laughs> and uh, alphabetically, then, is Mr. Ditaku. I feel like you guys just need to walk it off. Because you can definitely do that with fatigue. Yes. So, just like, us... you know, broken arms or whatever. Right, you exactly. Can just walk it off. <laughs> exactly. You, you, eh, I'll walk this off. It's fine. And my arm's like in the, in like off my body, and I'm just carrying it in my other hand, but I can walk this off. So, let's get into nerd news of the week. All right. Uh, a uh, little short uh, list. Uh, just going to throw some key points out here. Uh, Armored Core gameplay trailer was really cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Really, really fun. I am super hyped for that game. And it is going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, one thing I thought I thought was kind of weird is that some people think, and I'm not, I, and they didn't really show a lot of it. Is some people think this was going to be like an open world game. And I'm like, I could have sworn most to all Armored Core games were all mission based. But I'm assuming that not a lot of people have actually played a lot of the Armored Core games, so I guess we'll kind of kind of find out when it actually releases. Uh, Fan Fest, uh, Final for Final Fantasy 14 has uh, has dropped a bunch of news. Uh, the the big PowerPoints uh, level uh, new cap is level 100. The new expansion is called Dawn Trail. The trailer is really nice. Uh, Crossplay with Xbox is coming, uh, so if you have an Xbox, you can now play the game. You'll be able to play the game um, and have a lot of and be able to play with the PlayStation and PC people. Uh, you can uh, add. There's going to be two die slots now for every piece of arm for pieces of armor. So instead of just one die, you'll be able to do different colors and different parts. Which hasn't really been shown yet. That's kind of just the general what they've said. Uh, graphics update: uh, You're going to need a slightly better computer here to run it, but it, it is a lot of really nice little details and everything to, that they've to been be adding. To be fair, and, that game used to be playable on the PS3. Like, yes. it's time to adapt. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, last but not least, they have teased two GPS classes. Uh, we don't know what they are. Uh, some people think it has to do with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because apparently Yoshi P was wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt, which I haven't seen, or somebody was at one point. And people were joking that we already have Ninja and Samurai, so what could it be? Uh, we'll most now, likely get that during a dev letter farther down the line. The real question about this update is, are we still going to have polygonal grapes? <laughs> oh, those, those got taken out a while ago, unfortunately. Oh, did they? I have not yes. been back, but I remember They're seeing the displays them. of those grapes. And people were <laughs> giving squishy plushies as gifts for those of those grapes. So it is definitely within their spectrum of reality that those can return at one point if they wanted them to. Um, uh, the Legend of Zelda: Ages and Seasons has come to the Switch. Uh, two really good Zelda games, and some actually my uh, my favorite Zelda games to play on the Game Boy. S I think I played them on the Game Boy Advance, Game Boy SP. I don't remember what they were for personally. Uh, there were originally the Game Boy Color. There were Game Boy oh, Color nice. games, but they could be played on a GBA. Yeah. I remember I playing them mostly on the SP because I think that's where I mostly played them on. 
That's the Noodles' favorite of uh, the Zelda games, and apart then, from Wind Waker. And then, uh, weirdly enough, uh, they now uh, there was announced for Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl Two, which when I looked at it, it looked like a v- somewhat of a visual upgrade. All the characters coming back, at least most of the characters coming back, from what I see, some of the DLC characters, and then they also are adding Squidward uh, from SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, I'm not sure what the take of this. I played the first one a little bit. I had a, some fun, but I didn't play too much of it. This seems like they're doing the same thing except with voice acting and a slightly uh, and a site graphics update. Maybe the gameplay has changed. I'm not sure. I know the first game. I watched some combo videos of people going from zero to death <laughs> with certain characters, and that didn't seem very, very fun if the entire game is going to be touch of death the entire time. But it's uh, not because <laughs> it's not how normal people play party fighters, dude. Like, I, I, well, I played I the game for a bit, and like, it's actually like way better than I felt it would have been. Uh, Dutaku was cool enough. And you to do get know that, that the, the original has voice acting now, right? You, you are aware of that? They added it later uh, on. I, yes. They added it later on, yes. I didn't really play it when they actually added it. That's why I just kind of put it in there. And uh, the they, sequel is actually going to have all four Ninja Turtles this time. Oh, that's nice. the, the first one only has Leonardo and Michelangelo. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's mm-hmm. why you know the the dev for fourteen was wearing a turtle shirt. Maybe that'd be an interesting. <laughs> that'd be a crossover. <laughs> Smash Brothers is going to be dethroned. The Nickelodeon uh, All Stars is the new hotness. This didn't really make it on the docket because I don't know if anyone here plays Fall Guys, but they are they apparently Final Fantasy fourteen is doing a crossover with Fall Guys where you I can get saw that. of different different characters. It, it kind Fall of makes Guys. sense for Fall Guys because Fall Guys is basically the village bicycle in terms of its uh, corporate crossover events. But like apparently there's going to be Fall Guys stuff that will be available in 14, which is harder for me to put my head around. Yeah. And that is all I have on my little uh, docket here. I have something. Fire away. What do you have? Well, uh, right now I have my Switch in my hand. But, uh, you know, regardless of that, uh, I just saw that the... uh, a new game uh, just got a gameplay trailer. Um, Fate Samurai Remnants, and it is looking sick. Nice. Nothing I remember seeing yeah. a teaser for um, that, and it looked interesting. Yeah, it, it looks really good, and it's a lot more action-focused than a lot of the other uh, Fate games, um, which is great, because as much as I love Fate Extra, I would never honestly talk to someone who's like oh, I'm, I'm new to fate i'm gonna you know what game should i play and it, it would never be fate extra it's it's the gameplay is not very good as much as i like the writing but i suppose that's just kind of brew of the entire moon cell like setting for fate it's very impenetrable uh, i mean so um it's like the so yeah, it looks good. Like you can't start with Fate Stay Night because it has spoilers for Fate Zero, but you can't do Fate Zero because it has spoilers for Fate Stay Night. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Fate's um, fun. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I really, I think that, uh, Saber looks really good. Um, I'm not really, you know, disappointed that the main servant is the Saber and it's an ultra face again. Um, I, I imagine that the professor's probably going to get upset because, uh, well, you can't play as his waifu, who is another one of the, uh, servants. But, um, so and I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, uh, uh, Musashi. It's Berserker Musashi is the Berserker. No, is she? Okay. Yeah. I yeah, knew she Berserker was in it, Musashi but I didn't know what role she was in. Is the Berserker. So, um, all right. Uh, yeah, and I don't know who Saber is supposed to be, uh, because honestly, at this point, I mean, she kind of looks like someone from the Kamakura Shogunate era. But at this point, I'm like, pretty much everyone who I know of has already been from that period of Japanese history has already been uh, identified. So, I mean, unless they're going to do something like, um, oh, yes, it's... Uh, um, what's your, it's, uh, like a Lily version of Ryko, which, you know, they could do, I guess. Mm. I, I hope not. Lilies and altars are stupid. Oh, they are. I, I, I agree. Um, honestly, I mean, she doesn't really look like Ryko, so I'm, I'm not, you know, going to think that it's her, but right. You know, I mean, considering that Raiko has said before that her optimal class is Saber, I'm like, I mean, it theoretically could be her, but right. eh, I, I wouldn't put money on it. No, definitely not. So, um, yeah, that's coming out not in October. I'm looking forward to it. I am seriously considering pre-ordering it because I, I really like Fate. I'm one of those weirdos, so... That seems fair. Cog, do you have any contributions for nerd news? Oh, the only one I guess I have because I'm just way behind with everything else. Um, MechWarrior 5 is getting a new update. Oh, nice. The Dragon's Gambit. So it's supposed to be a new uh, story. It's supposed to have a... I guess it's going to build into its own little campaign story it's supposed to follow the um events of the uh after the after the after event of the fourth succession war after the davion steiner alliance uh storyline for anybody that knows anything close about that um so it's uh which probably is not a lot, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I do know about um, a Mech Warrior and, and BattleTech. It's um, it's it's a pretty cool little portion of the of the history. Are they actually going to be leading into the clan invasion then? Because that's that's basically what that part of history was. Um. I do not believe so. This was a so the actual summary. Uh, it's in the aftermath of the Four Succession War. The Davion Steiner Alliance has dealt a devastating blow to the Helen Confederation, leaving First Prince Hans Davion eager to replicate this success against the Draconis Combine. Um, 
Gugino Hanari Theodore Kurita, which, sorry if I butchered that name, fully aware of the encroaching menace posed by the FedCom Alliance, has taken decisive action to fortify the Combine's defenses against the inevitable war. As tensions rise, a unique opportunity presents itself. Unite with the Draconis Combine and rally behind Kurita's audacious and unexpected plan. So I think it's going to be mostly about that, 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 those battles. Um, I don't think it's going to lead into, I don't, I don't, I, but then again, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was not sure if MechWarrior 5 was even going to get another update or not. So this is, it's just pretty cool. Hmm. Nice. I didn't nice. get good at that game. I really enjoy it, but there's certain fights I get into where it's like, I, I could win this. And then suddenly you have my, my team's dead and I got like one gun left. I'm like, oh no, this is going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> Oh, then just remind me. I actually, um, I don't know if you guys play it, but the uh, the actual tabletop game, I've uh, decided to uh, splurge a little bit, and I got myself a new uh, star of mechs. I'm going to be getting a stone rhino, a marauder two, a supernova, and I want to say an arctic cheetah. Nice, nice, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those weirdos that actually likes Clan Max, so. I mean, I like them, I like both of them. They all have their ups and downs, so. That's true of any mech, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that said, the only nerd news I have is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge is getting a new expansion, and uh, multiple playable characters are coming including a special mutations mode where you can briefly play as boss characters. So that looks pretty promising. The first character that we know of for sure is Miyamoto Usagi. And for all you little baboos out there who have never read Stan Sakai's works, his name is Miyamoto Usagi. It's a play on Miyamoto Musashi. Usagi Yojimbo is the name of the tale, the, 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 the story. Stop being dumb and wrong, okay? (laughs) <laughs> like that, that's all there is to it um and yeah that's all there is to what i had um other than that i picked up fire emblem three houses on the cheap and i still paid too much because it sucks i don't like it uh am i going to beat it yes because it's the principle of the thing but i'm not enjoying myself mm. i'll maybe i'll do a review of that that could be a review look forward to that that'll yeah, be a review unfortunate. i was kind of looking forward to that one uh get engaged i hear it's like a million times better Ah, I see. So, uh, that said, actually, all, all this talk about Fortnite. Even though it has the toothpaste hair protagonist? It does, but apparently that's actually tied to a relevant plot point um, because it's actually reflective of a morality system where the hair will eventually flush red or blue depending on certain decisions you make. Mm. So, weird, but eh. Uh, I think it would have been funnier if they had followed the memes and just made it like it's the color of whatever Switch controllers you have. Because uh, I've seen ones where like, oh, I want them to have like green and purple hair. That'd be funny. But no, apparently that's not the case. That uh, would be funny. No, I, I think that'd be great. Especially as mine are black, so it would completely defeat the purpose. Uh, oh, so yours becomes a Saiyan then. <laughs> yeah, basically. So uh, all this talk about 
14's updates, so it's rather serendipitous. Today we're talking about a very particular genre of the video, and that is the Mamopager, the MMO. Uh, <laughs> Cog has opinions. Why don't you lead us into this uh, today, Cog? Uh, uh, I have had very unpleasant experiences with the Mamos, the uh, MMO games. Um, I'm not a fan, generally speaking. Uh, I just, I've got. I've tried to play several of them. Um, I'll get into them for a while, and then I usually fall off because I mostly feel like they they geek. I like to get um, somewhat engaged into the characters and stories and things. And half the times when I'm playing MMOs, it's like you know you, you start going into it as oh you're the special one, and then it it cuts out, and you're you of course not the special one. It's really just game devs hurting blocks and flocks of of gamers together and just ever you know it's 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 uh just it it's not my thing um not to mention like a lot of them are really grindy a lot of them are very um hyper monetized um i'm just i've tried to get into them i continue to try to to play them um the last one i think i really got into of course i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna show my norminess but it's it's fine um i think the last one i played significantly was was uh, besides playing 14 with these guys briefly um it was like marvel heroes because that was basically diablo 2 but with marvel skins (laughs) um and then um like DC Universe Online, I think. Yeah, you and, and I then, played that. Yeah, and then Star Trek Online briefly. Um, but Yo. at the end of the day, I just they're, they're not my thing. I really, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it more. More we kind of talk about it, but uh, I think the the overall genre, the overall genre of MMO. I guess I'm specifically speaking about MMORPGs because there are a lot of other MMO, you know, type, I guess, things out there. But I, it's just never really been my thing. I play them for a little while. I've never gotten sucked into them to the point that, like, oh, I, I must dedicate my whole day to this. No, it's not uh, ever been a thing for me. No, and honestly, I'm very similar in a lot of different ways. Um, I have tried a lot. And I mean like a stupid number of MMOs. Um, And usually my interest will last like a week, maybe two. Like they have to do something really fundamentally right to get me to still care. Uh, To give you some examples, I played Fly for Fun, which is a misleading title because it's not fun. And even when you fly, it's still not fun. Uh, I played Fiesta Online, which, I don't know, we kind of had some fun with that. But, like, once you get past, like, level 20-ish, you hit the grind wall. And then it becomes pay shop the game, which is honestly what kills a lot of these games. We'll we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, Actually, let 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 me leave with this. I am not against a game 
a free game having a cash shop because there are ways to do it ethically. We actually touched on this a bit during our mobile games episode, and I think a lot of the points there uh, are still true here. Because uh, a good example of this is some of the costumes my character has in Final Fantasy XIV are cash shop items. But you know what? Nothing in the game held a gun against my head and said, nope, you can't complete this quest till you pay us 20 USD there, punk. And at the same time, my costumes don't give me a, a mechanical advantage. It's just I wanted to have a pretty princess dress because I thought it would be funny to put on my Dark Knight. It's true. <laughs> the dress that is so poofy and my character is so tall that Lalafell can hide underneath that. It's true. <laughs> He's actually had Lalafell hide underneath him like some kind of weird chicken. <laughs> yep. I can take my ducklings with me. Just They can hide under my dress and no one will ever see them because it is so big and poofy. Which is what makes it the perfect Dark Knight glam, really. Uh, I'll put a I'll put a screenshot on screen for you guys at this point in the video, but uh, yeah, like the cash shop can be done well and it can be done ethically. Like that was actually a thing I had to to learn the hard way because uh, I did a review for Dead or Alive Six, and someone in the comments was like, "Did you hear about the hair dye thing?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Yeah, you can change the character's hair colors for a dollar, and to change it back." to like their original default hairstyle or hair color is another dollar. And I was like, Oh my God, I completely missed that. (laughs) I never even saw that was a thing. Like I didn't know you could do anything with their hair color. So I never bothered, but I I looked it up. I was like, Oh my God, it's so much worse than I thought. Uh, That is how you do bad cash shop. that's bad okay that's bad okay you shouldn't (laughs) shouldn't do abusive cash shops okay like actually um here's a good example uh a good example of a good way of handling situations is warframe warframe had a particular thing i think it had to do with the kubras like the dogs that you can take with you and like you would pay real money the platinum they're they're paid for currency, which you don't necessarily have to pay for, by the way. You can but you can get it uh, by selling items and stuff on the player market. But you would use platinum. Say for for a hot minute, you actually were uh, pretty heavily into the item market. You you made a pre- uh, pretty good amount of plat yep. that way. I, I had uh, sold several items from Popping Relics and made a pretty good load. And I also had bought a couple. Some of that was paid and some of it was earned. Um, and then I would buy a bunch of frames that I really wanted to assemble piece by piece. So yeah, and that was uh, I was pretty involved. And yeah, there was like this thing with the Kubras where I, I don't remember if it was like their fur color or something. You could do something that was completely optional and harmless. It didn't cost a whole lot, but they saw that players were using it too much and they removed it from the game because they were afraid it was becoming too addictive. And I'm like, that takes guts to be like, no, guys, you're spending too much real world money on our game and we don't want to be that guy. They actually cut it from the game. And like that is one of those oh. things that just like blows me away about the Warframe guys. I think what you're talking about is um I think if I remember correctly, there's two randomizers. I this is I I don't know this story actually, which is weird because I played the game for so long. Right. Long, but it might have been because I was it was kind of in between. 
Um, I believe there's two when your Kubro egg is hatching, there's two pretty much two dice rolls that happen. One is what Kubro it is, and the second one is what I think what color or fur it has. I think that's what was going on, and people were trying to get probably like rare fur colors, um, or like a specific one so that way your Kubro looks, I guess, cooler or something like that. Because I remember distinctly that at one point or another, you could purchase with plat or you know or with plat or i think you might find them in a game i'm not 100 percent sure uh colors you can dye your kubros for now along with armor that you can purchase for them okay you can also do it with the cavets the cat the cat uh, right i forgot about them uh, uh the i always cat, use a drone uh, because the living too. ones are such high maintenance well they used to be like that they actually changed it oh okay the um you can per, uh, they don't uh, necessarily they don't I don't think they necessarily degrade anymore over time I believe it's uh, it has to do with uh, falling in combat now if oh. they it not 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 going not a uh, falling but uh, actually fully uh, fully dying if, oh. it, if you're if you're Cooper, if your cavit or Kubro dies it loses a percentage of its like health kind of like. Uh, or no, uh, uh, you lose a percentage of its health, and then you can and you can use a, a thing to bring that back up, which okay. doesn't cost any, which I think just costs credits or platinum depending on what you want to spend. I mean that's fair, but again, they're really good about their cash shop items because like you can get certain things. Well, here's the thing: there's nothing in Warframe you can't get for free. Like it's not a pay to win situation; it's a pay to grind a little bit less than you would have otherwise. <laughs> See the thing yeah, is, don't the, worry. The, the what I want to point out is that um, the biggest thing is the fact that, as we stated twice or three times, I'm going to say the fourth time, is that the premium currency can be traded amongst other players right. and like spent kind of as like a trading currency. So if you you could you could play completely free, sell items on the market to get premium currency from other players and purchase premium items with it. And you can still be a free player. That is a big bonus for a free-to-play game, to be able to play completely free and still get premium items. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. That That is an example of a good example. So let's talk about you know the Korean sweatshop edition. Um, like, Fiesta Online is actually a good example of this because, like, so much is like, oh, you're, you're, you hit level 20, you hit the grind wall, uh, do, do you have to, to grind for infinity hours now, or you can go to the cash shop and for $19.99, we'll, we'll boost your XP. It's like XP boosters, like, like buying legendary equipment. Loot boxes, of course, which like there's already been a huge discourse on loot boxes, and those are thankfully finally going the way of the dodo. So it's like there are so many predatory monetization options available in these games, and that's the thing that can be super interest killing. Um, a really good YouTuber about this is Josh Strife Hayes. I love his stuff. He, he has a series called The Worst MMO Ever, which is a bit of a hyperbolic title because he does good MMOs in the show too. But the whole thing is he, he goes in, he talks about the game and how the mechanics work, and then he goes into the, he always talks about the cash shop and how the cash shop works. And like, I, I think that the cash shop is almost mandatory if your game is free or relatively cheap. 
and that you, you have to monetize your product somehow. And if the product is free, then the, the person who uses it is the product, AKA the Google method. So there has to be something, there has to be some way for them to get return on investment. It's just that some of these do it in the worst possible ways. And, and that kills so much of the genre for me. And you know, I'll, I'll go a step further beyond cash shops. You know, the MMOs I hate the most are mobile game MMOs because you'll see them and you're like, oh, it's like a cute action adventure fantasy title. Maybe this will be good. And then you get the, that, that one screen. And if you played any of these, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where it's like, oh, pick your class. And you always have the, the, the column and the rows. I was like, oh, here's your warrior, here's your wizard, here's your bow, here's your monk, here's your lolly, because it's always like that. And then it's like, oh, because you're using a phone, you don't have buttons, so you just tap to automate everything, and you watch the game play itself. That's not a game, folks. That's a movie, and there's much better movies to watch than you whacking the most generic fantasy <laughs> animals available with a stick. Yeah, I, man, I love it. I love the, the, the aspect and the, the part of, you know, all, all my favorite high fantasy stories where it's like, oh, yes, there's, you know, the sword guy, the fighter. There's the, you know, the, the high, high acting acrobatic you know, Ranger, and there's the little girl. Oh, man. We there's, couldn't have won the battle without the little girl. There is always... <laughs> like, this is so freaky. Like, okay, this is something you just have to accept when you're really, really, like, you know, waist deep in Japanese culture. But, like, the East Asiatic obsession with lollies is really freaking uncomfortable, okay? <laughs> I don't like it. No, sir. I don't like it. I don't like Lalafell. I don't like any of your other weird generic elf fairy creatures in WoW. I only played two races in WoW, so I can't really comment on WoW very much. Um, I don't like it. Stop doing it. <laughs> if you're a game dev, do not do that. I No. Bad. You need to be in jail somehow. Yeah. I don't believe the gnomes and the goblins would be considered lollies in that, depending on what your definition is of his. And maybe they can't not. just be short, technically speaking, because they all have like facial hair and stuff like that. Fair. Completely, ab completely above the age of consent. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll, I'll own that just because I you know better than I would, because I played WoW twice. In fact, but like, okay, story time. I played WoW twice, uh, once when I was in college and once about two or three years ago. Both times I did the free demo edition to see what the game was about. In college, it was at the insistence of the lady I was seeing at the time, and I made a dwarf fighter, and he, the game had the automation problem. I didn't really know where I was going. So I was like, oh, you can push this button to just go to the quest. So I would push the button and watch my dwarf go to the quest. And then I would have him hit the wolves. And because I was level one, I didn't have any skills. So he just hit the wolves automatically. So I was watching my dwarf hit the wolves. And then I would watch him walk back to turn in the quest. And then he would walk to the next quest. And I realized I'm not playing a game 
little did I know I was just playing Final Fantasy 13 a few years early. This is like, yeah, I didn't like it. It sucked. So uh, then I tried it again, and this is this is my olive branch. Okay, wow, fans, put down the pitchforks and snack effigies. I played it a few. No, wow sucks. Ago. I uh, put it. No, wow sucks. It's always sucked. Uh, no, yeah, I, I agree, right. but not for the same reasons. So, like the, the whole thing that happened is a few years ago, a coworker was like, you know, you can't say you hate WoW if you haven't played it in years and years and years and years. And I'm like, technically true. It's kind of like you have to to try it before you can knock it. Uh, so I was like, fine, 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 fine. So I picked the best race in the game, which is the Pandaren. And I made a hunter. And I was like, cool, they get guns. That's awesome. This is already a million times better than I thought I could do. And it has like some monster powers where like you can capture certain monsters and turn them into your pets. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm on board for this. This sounds great. So I send my weird chubby panda waifu out into the world and I get thrown onto this island. And they're like, okay, you're with the Alliance and you have this shipwreck and you're trying to save the people who wrecked on this, this island. And there's like these big cyclopean monsters and you have to go deal with them. So I did. And I was like, okay, I'm engaged. There's a logical through line. I have my goal. I have my abilities to meet that goal. And this tutorial was very, very well executed. A plus great tutorial question, question real quick. Yeah. What, would it, what, what was your dwarf again? Uh, my dwarf was a warrior or a fighter. I, he okay. had a, some he kind a of sword. Okay. Uh, just to preface this, uh, for context, for, uh, for context, I'm assuming you only played the dwarf warrior. If you played a dwarf hunter, you would have probably had the same problem because they would have had a gun. You'd be like, Oh, cool. A gun, but you're going to be shooting some, uh, some wolf in the, uh, in the tundra. And then you would pull out your ax, start swinging the ax and you'll have the same problem because, well, the, that the, also the, would have been over the, the hunter at the time. I don't remember if it was level ten or level twenty. I don't remember off the top of my head because it's been a long time since I played old WoW. Um, they got tame beast, which you automatically get a beast right now at the beginning of the game. Aim now. You didn't get it before. You had to wait until level ten to tame your beast, and then you had to feed it uh, specific food to make it happy to do more damage. Of course, and uh, and to heal it. I think it healed when you fed it. I know you get a, a spell to also heal mm. it too. Uh, so it was a lot. There's a lot more roll around it, around it too. But I want to preface that it a lot of the stuff he's talking about is newer. Wow. too. Yes. This is just like two years ago. Uh, My dwarf warrior was when I was in college, which was over 10 years ago. The game by retrospect is much better than it was 10 years ago. Okay. Even for, even for, even for me and my, on my shattered rose uh, tinted glasses, the, the red shards in my eyes, no, uh, it's called. It is definitely a lot smoother leveling and and the actual like. And that's true. Game that's play, true. Gameplay is a lot. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not snarking. The, I'm not snarking the story. What I'm trying to say is that what I'm trying to get at is that MMO's MMO progression has progressed very well when it comes when it uh very well because generally speaking you'll have until like level 
10 or 20 you know a quarter to whatever level you need to get to you'll you'll you only have you'll have like two buttons and you'll be fighting wolves and you'll be like well this kind of sucks like when do yeah. i get to the good part and then you start ramping up and doing dungeons and you get your you find some buddies to do a party with or some randos and then you start talking with them and then see the whole thing is that it's like it's like playing Final Fantasy or Realm Reborn. You gotta play through it until it gets good. <laughs> well, I'll get to that later because that's but why different... do I want to even think the time in to get to that point if it takes so far freaking long? That's the other part. Well, of a part of it. So that's kind of the thing, though. Too is uh, what does MMO stand for? Massively multiplayer online. The the beginning of it is generally, as people will say, is to get your feet wet. It's, they don't want to throw 20 skills at you. They don't want to throw a talent tree. And how does this work? How does that work? Because you'll have 20 screen, you'll have 20 tutorials on your screen, and you're going to literally install the game and from the get-go if they did that. It's, but if it's, they if they ground you and say, hey, we're gonna give you two attacks or like one attack, you're gonna whack some wolves a bit, then you're gonna whack some trogs a bit, and as you level, you'll start getting a couple more attacks, you'll get a couple more abilities, and as you grow, <laughs> you'll the game will get faster and the game will get faster and more responsive as you grow with the game. That is the common perception. I wish to offer a counter argument and not to you, but to the overall concept behind that style of game design. The idea is you want to give the player a safe environment in which to do the tutorial, but there's lots of different ways of doing a really good tutorial. Uh, to, to give you an example, I played, what was the name of it? Hang on. Um, hidden world or something sorry i had to scroll through the thousands of games That's that fine. i have on but steam I, what I, while you look for that i just want to also preface this that um the original tutorial worlds and stuff like that you play you play in uh in world of warcraft right now i don't know if you're able to see it during time you played the uh because this was relatively more in a kind of recent not recent recent it was like two or three expansions ago but they pump these things out every two three years at this point right um they have tutorial islands now like the pandaren islands but it's more recent than that where a lot of the stuff where you get a couple more ability and they kind of fast track you a bit uh, a bit more to getting to the content well and, that was uh, actually uh, kind of part of the issue that but, i encountered because the, the the whole thing was that the tutorial was kind of its own little self-contained story and so it made perfect sense i was able to dive right in i'm the alliance i'm the good guy horde is bad get on with it cool that's literally all i needed so then i get off the tutorial island, which again, great tutorial, fantastic setup. It taught me my powers. It was logically paced, really good stuff. Immediately upon disembarking, I ended up in a situation where they're talking about stuff that I had no context for. They started talking about plot points that happened years ago in completely separate expansions. And they just gave me this three-sentence explanation. Oh, you have to go to the town with person. And I was like, what does that matter? And they're like, oh, person's a traitor to that town. I'm like, then why are we sending person to town? And they're like, oh, well, we there, she's the only envoy we have because I'm the king and I say so. And I'm like, but if she betrayed the town, no one in the town is going to take us seriously. And lo and behold, I was right. Because as soon as we show up, person and I get thrown in jail. But then 
dashing dude shows up and he's like, Hey, I'm a cool character that you would know if you had played this game for the last 25 years and I'm going to help you. Cause I'm a cool guy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the oh, story that. just goes insane. And I have no idea what's happening. I have no context for who these characters are or what they've been through or what any of these places are or what any of these places have been through or what any of these places mean. If there was ever incentive to play through a Realm Reborn, it's because the Eorzean continent is the biggest plot point for the first major meta arc of Final Fantasy, which only ended as of Endwalker. As a result, Um, going through that, that, first 30 levels i'd argue which is where i stopped originally uh you you should do it if only to get a handle for the characters but even then i think it should be sped up considerably because to your earlier point um you mentioned you don't want to give the player a bunch of buttons maybe you do the 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 skill of the player should vary with the the skill of the class i remember when i unlocked red mage in 14 it was a lot but it only took me about 15 minutes to parse what all it meant and put everything in its proper place. I just dove wait, into wait, it and red wait, mage wait, is wait, wait, hmm? wait, 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 now, now take this into context. Cause what you just said, if you've played the game up to red mage, you played the video game up to red mage, which is 50 or 60, you have played a character. You have grown with the character up to a certain level. And then you got a job stone for red mage so red mage is a new class they give you a bunch of buttons yes but you are not stepping into the character's shoes for the first time ever do you you see the do you see the disc the disconnect uh that i'm talking about Uh, sort of person who's give give red mage to somebody who's literally playing the game for the first time or give it to the person who got to level 61st and see and that's that's the difference i'm trying to point out counterpoint i'd argue that that red mage is different because it basically they go oh yeah here's hot cat boy man uh, I'm a bunch of bad guys. I'll stop you and look very fabulous while doing it. Oh, also this person here. Here, have a, just an entire boatload of abilities. I don't know what any of these do. It's okay. It looks fabulous. The, the biggest counterpoint that I have to that is the relative knowledge of the player is... Well, just that. It's exclusive to the player. The, the, there is literally no means by which the game dev will know the competency of the player going into the experience. In fact, you can easily get carried by a relatively generous player base and well into levels well beyond your capacity to actually have the competency to excel in them. Every idiot gets promoted one level above his threshold of competency, as the saying goes. So you could easily have been carried to level 50 or 60 and still not know the basics of the game. Uh, counterintuitively, a brand new player could be an MMO veteran who's played every MMO on the market. So handing them something as complex as Red Mage out of the gate would actually have made the game more exciting, not less. Now, for some people, that would definitely be an I quit moment. And I found the game I was looking for. It's called Secret World Legends. And one of the very first things it does is when you're picking your class, it tells you about how complex the class is compared to the others you have available to you. I am an MMO veteran. So I picked a, uh, it's like some kind of blood sorcerer class where the whole idea is you hurt enemies in order to charge one gauge and then heal yourself with that gauge. But then it also goes around and around. 
I actually had a ton of fun, and it said that it was one of the most difficult classes in the game. But I think the game is more engaging when that level of difficulty. A big issue that I think game devs suffer from, and it doesn't matter if it's an Eastern or Western dev, they both do this, is they both assume that their players are functionally idiots. And giving the player more freedom to choose classes that are more mechanically or less mechanically complicated, depending on how comfortable they feel, could be a big way to get them through those A Realm Reborn I Quit moments. I just right. yeah. hop and down off the soapbox now. And sir, uh, that is, I do see where that can come into play. But I mean, from my from from how I've learned how to play uh, MMOs when I first started, uh, when I first started, uh, I mean, I did have friends who played as well. Which is another thing I wanted to point out. Which is MMOs in general. You're playing with your friends and everything like that, right? That as well. Generally speaking, in, uh, most people who are playing MMOs are not playing by themselves in retrospect. Sometimes you are like, if you're like, if you're trying to do some, you know, some of your dailies for something, or if you're yeah. doing some crafting in 14, you know, you might do some solo play here and there, but generally speaking, once you've gotten to the starting to do dungeons and raids and all that stuff, you're generally playing with your friends and doing content together. Right. Um, Which so is, I, begs the question then why does every single mmo i've ever played i'm trying to progress and it's basically like oh yeah well you need to do this all by yourself and it's like oh well then why is it an mmo why is this not just a single player game mm. so final fantasy in general is a final fantasy game as i think yoshi p has talked about it i'm not i'm not just talking about 14 i'm also i mean it's it's a thing in pso2 when you're trying to progress the story in order to actually get additional there were actually additional perks like getting the dark falls mode uh was a, something you had to do through the story and you could only do the story single player that's interesting. I actually, well, I haven't played PSO2 that much, so I wouldn't know that one. Uh, World of Warcraft, if you play that, you could play from start to finish with a friend and not have any kind of like story cutoffs or anything like that. There might be some instant stuff in the newer content, but you could literally play with a friend and level together and do quests together from start to finish. Uh, See, so that I was. Think it's more I think it more depends on the game and what they're trying to do. Because I think I, if I, I don't know this particularly but i believe it was at one point because they were they've been adding the content or they've been adding a lot of the uh cpu content in the game it seems like they've wanted they're trying to also they're trying to make final fantasy 14 and as as an mmo as possible but they've been adding a lot of single player elements to it as well where you can play it from start to finish uh, alone uh, alone if you so desire and it's mostly just player choice at that point, whether you want to play alone or with people. But yes, the story content mostly you have to do alone, which is a little weird for an MMO standpoint. But it's I think it's I think it's the the way they they just chose to do it because it's a Final Fan because as they said, it's Final Fantasy first and MMO second, which. It's kind of funny in a way. I've actually found that, at least on our server, uh, a lot of the people you encounter are really cool. In fact, one of my biggest turnoffs to getting deeper into several other MMOs was the player base. 
you get oftentimes uh, forced into some kind of multiplayer content, and then you become pariah because you're the new guy. And it's like, oh my god, you don't know that's, the meta. That's generally been my experience. Um, also, I guess I just I'm just the one of the shitty. Uh, I'm one of the introverts, basically. So I, I am one of those guys that will like, because it, it, it's hard for it's hard enough for us to get scheduled to get time together, right? To right. even just do the podcast, right? So the times that I would be trying to log on to consistently run many of these games, anybody I would be playing them with was either not around or not available so most of the time i'm either playing by myself or trying to find some random people online and it's usually not ever really the greatest experience that i've ever had so i was i just want to mention that you think it's hard to get four or five tomo bros together at one time sometimes I'm mean, actually trying to get 20 to 30 people at a time. I'm no thanks. Doing, uh, doing World of Warcraft raids back in the day. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Now we know the reason why Warcraft has such a, a bad reputation for having a bunch of sweaty grognards as their fan base. Yeah, the, the problem that I encounter in several of these games when you get to that multiplayer content is that level of elitism, where they're like, oh my god, you don't have this memorized, and you don't have the best gear, you haven't ground out for exactly 9,000 hours for the sub 1% drop. Uh, yep. Get out, pleb. The, 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 yes. the, the one game, I think, no, there's two instances I've ever had where that wasn't really like the norm. And that was Final Fantasy 14 and PSO2. And in those cases, like it, they're very different experiences, though. Don't think I'm generalizing them as one because they're not. In PSO2, you get ignored. Dutaku and I have run several of the urgent missions, which is basically PSO2's large scale raids. And they just run, they try to speed run that stuff. You get left behind. If you're not keeping pace, mm-hmm. they're not going to pay the slightest bit of attention for you for good or for ill. And they're sure not going to heal you because no one ever plays healer classes in that game. <laughs> to be fair, we were doing the same thing once we actually got to that level of play, too. We basically were like, you know, running around, blowing people up. And I, I, can I just say, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that PSO2 basically takes the exact, is basically the, the bizarro. MMO in a lot of ways. Um, That's true. Oh, no, it is. It, it, it is. It, it's not high fantasy. It's space fantasy. It is not all about, oh, you have to fight the level five goblins. No, it literally is. You are on a patrol on the single planet. You're part of this intergalactic, you know, peacekeeping federation. And it goes, you're on patrol on a planet to there's this strange guy that's that's you know been hunting down your agents to you are fighting a guy who is trying to eat god and it only gets more ridiculous from there yeah another thing i want and, to point out is that um uh one of the things that final fantasy has done that helps with that as well is it kind of curates it's it, it's very strong in its curation of its uh of its player base there's a lot of times where people will you know they there's a lot of there's a good amount of healthy videos out there people going to uh final fantasy jail to talk to a gm about something they've done or you know stuff like of stuff of that nature and the fact that of the of the 
somewhat strict, although don't do it because you'll get banned. Um, use of mods and uh, add-ons that uh, that they don't want you to use. Um, because a big thing with World of Warcraft was that the reason that people would get really salty or really mid-maxi is because you're if, is because people would be have these what they call dps charts and you'd be looking to see who is doing the most damage who's doing the most healing who's doing the most optimal healing etc so forth so like you have you know you know you have someone who's doing like 20 percent more damage than everybody else so he's gonna feel like hot stuff <laughs> keep it clean um and stuff like that and you know and then you have this one dude who, like, as you said, is like maybe got carried or is trying to do his best, but he's not pulling the damage. And everyone's like, we can't defeat this raid because this dude's doing like sub 5% or something like that. And so they, you know, so they find somebody else. Uh, they don't, you don't generally have as much of that going on unless you're doing like savage raids and stuff like that. People kind of, you know, still use it and stuff like that. Although you're not supposed to know or tell, but you can kind of know what, why or where something, something has happened at one point or another. Specifically because as, as well as like, there is fun. I feel I find that there is fun and failure in a, in in certain games. That's also why I play a lot of fighting games, which is not the topic of conversation of this. But it's because like I I lose and I try to learn why I lost. I you I, you fall in a dungeon or a raid and you try to figure out why that happened. Like where did we mess up? Which let's God who ate the who ate the. Uh, who ate the uh, the red circle? Or well, uh, what mechanic did we fail at? And I mean, we. I mean, I. I pull up the time that I uh, that I popped into uh, that one raid that I don't know how or why Snack got into, and we beat it with like three minutes to go. Oh, after looking up a guide and stuff like that, because holy crap, that was hard. <laughs> it was uh, ultra, uh, the ultra ultima ultimate or whatever. Or savage or whatever it was. I can't I'm remember. Not off the top sure. Of my head. You don't, don't that remember that? I'm. I'm not I sure. Say you met like three, three of your like big friends through that raid, as I recall. I want to say it was the ultimate. Yeah, I mean, savage is above ultimate, isn't it? I believe. I, okay, so it was. It had to be ultimate. I don't do savage. I don't hate myself that much. Um, yeah, and like that's actually okay. Let's talk about one of the positives of MMOs, and we, we've danced around this a couple times already. Is that community thing? And the Final Fantasy fourteen guys have generally been great. I've run into a few bad actors and some guys who I would rather blacklist and never deal with again. But in this instance, we met uh, one of our good buddies, and he was one of our healers. And somehow I became the leader of this <laughs> this ridiculous repeat fail attempt at uh, Ultimate Ultima. And I was just like, okay, I'm looking at the wiki. I'm trying to figure out where we're going wrong and then putting together the pieces. And this one healer is being really, really proactive. And he's like, yeah, let's come up with a plan. Where do you want us? And they started asking me for like positioning. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm not that good. <laughs> don't turn me into the leader of this. But I became the leader somehow. Uh, that's actually, I did recruit clockwork, like he said, and yeah, we, we really came together. We knocked it out and I, I specifically singled out that healer because he was doing such a good job. I was like, dude, you were awesome. Like, thank you for being on top of it. And we became friends 
he would help me with all sorts of different raid content. And he was the one who introduced us to Snekina Snekovich's voice actress, or who would go on to become Snekina Snekovich's voice actress. It's like, it's these weird chains of events. It's like, we did uh, the Alexander raids. We did them unsynced. And I remember uh, Clockwork was in another city doing something. And I was over in, uh, what's that one town near Alexander? We weren't doing Alexander. We were doing um, Behemoth. We were doing Bahamut. No, we did Coils of Bahamut uh, um, after this, I think. Uh, no. It was the Alexander raids. We did the entire thing unsynced. And I was in that one town that's near where Alexander sits. And I just started like dancing because that's what you do Idleshire. in Idleshire. Yes. I started doing nice like dances because that's what you do in MMOs when you're waiting for your friends to get out, get there. And like this random guy just comes up and is like, Oh, Hey, I like your glam. And I was like, Oh, thank you. You too. Hey, I, I'm about to do Alexander. You want it? He's like, yeah, let's do it. And we had like four guys uh, just tackling this content unsynced with some other people. And then as we're flying over to Alexander, when I see orange, names from people that I had played with before. And I was like, Hey, we're doing Alexander, get in the boat. <laughs> we had like eight people. Like it was the worst possible party composition. Cause we had like three tanks, one healer and like six dancers or something stupid like that. <laughs> this is really awful party, but we were all like level like 80 or something at that point when we were doing it anyway. So of course we won, but it was like one of those fun moments that you remember after the fact. And a lot of it is that, that feeling of familiarity and the fun story you get to write afterward. Uh, and so like that will always be a really cool thing. So I know Alexander is not one of the fondly remembered raids in Final Fantasy XIV. People generally hated Alexander. <laughs> but for me, it was a lot of fun because of that social interaction element. Now, much like Cog, I'm a bit of an introvert, but I'm I have ambivert tendencies, uh, especially if I have reason to talk to my party or if my party is particularly receptive, I'll end up using the chat function and be like, Hey, you know, uh, good luck, everyone Didn't do our best. Here's our strategy. And here's <laughs> uh, every time we would run the, the, the main story quest roulette, which we mostly did because it's like the biggest XP payout in the dailies. Uh, back when it was basically having to just sit through a prolonged cutscene, I would do a, a stand-up comedy routine, and I would just come up with like these stupid, terrible game-related puns, or poke fun at people's race-class combinations, and come up with dumb puns that way. And I remember Dutaku and I did it together, and we had this one guy who was like the perfect straight man. Like every time I, I did it, he'd respond. He'd be like, Oh God, this is so terrible. I should go back and play. Wow. Because this is so painful. <laughs> it was just amazing. And having those kinds of interactions are just like, Hey, that that's really cool. That is genuinely a cool thing that no other genre can boast the way that an MMO can. But I think that's the double-edged sword of that social interactivity because you end up in those situations where you do get the bad actors and the elitists because that social element is in and of itself a neutral force, but it's how it's utilized. And that's when you get the, the bad experiences and people can be turned off from the genre just as easily. 
<clears throat> and I I want to preface the uh preface with the like the story portion of it is uh it's kind of like you know your buddies and you're playing Dungeons and Dragons is like as well as like you have moments where. <laughs> You know, uh, you have a, a really cool story to tell uh, as you got as you're like doing a dungeon or a raid for the first time. You know, things might not go as planned, or someone saves the day. Um, I had one where in World of Warcraft, uh, we were doing the Naxxramas raid, uh, the one from uh, uh, the third expansion. My brain, my brain is not working at the moment. I'm running on like four hours of sleep. Uh, <laughs> Frozen Throne. There we go. Uh, and I remember doing Thaddeus, which was a what do you call a, a hot, hot, or a, a positive, a negative fight where you have to stand on each side of him with your group who is either positive or negative. And if a positive meets a negative, the entire group explodes pretty much. Um, we were doing that fight, and I remember uh, I think he had hit an enrage timer. And was no, he didn't hit a race timer because I would have died instantly. Uh, he didn't hit a race timer, but somebody messed up somewhere and people were dying, and we started losing people little by little. little. But uh, as a uh, Scott, a, as a warlock, I was playing Affliction, which I had lots of dots and self sustain. And me and like two other people who are still alive, I were barely holding on as I was getting uh, spam healed and I was using drain life and my dots and we were able to go from 1% to zero and save the and save the fight uh, like barely I think I had like 10 H like like 10% HP at the end of that just because the healer was running out of mana so like stuff like that is really really cool and I have tons of stories which I'm not going to share here right now because I uh, I don't think we want a six hour podcast <laughs> of uh, Eve Online of Eve Online stories about like how about like we uh, try to start a wormhole revolution and a bunch of other stuff. It was really really it, the story. I think the stories make up a lot, and it also adds for a lot of really cool, you know, stuff to talk about with other friends and nerds and stuff like that. As, oh yeah, as, certainly, uh, certainly, and and I uh, you won't hear me disagree. Um, so let, let's, uh, let's go around, let's go around the room and share class, uh, talk about some of our, some of the MMOs that we played and our general quick thoughts on them. So Cog, I've, I've, you, you've been a little quiet since the intro, so I'm going to lead the floor with you. Which MMOs have you tried? <laughs> which, which ones have you tried? Which ones did you like? Which ones did you not like? And, and any kind of like profound, deep thoughts, profanities, or emotional outbursts that you have about them? Um... I've played several, or I've uh, I played WoW. I've played some of the earlier ones. Um, like, like. Anyway, um, the more recent ones, I'd say, in the current zeitgeist of of MMOs, I, I did play WoW. I played the first iteration of. Final Fantasy. I played um, uh, a bunch 11? of uh, yeah, eleven. I played okay. eleven. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, Marvel um, Hero. The, it's the uh, the Marvel Heroes or whatever it was. Yeah, I think that it was that's what it was. Marvel Heroes, and then um, uh, DC Online. I played Star Trek Online briefly. I played a ton of other ones that um, 
I cannot um, totally remember the name of a bunch of mobile Hanukkah impact stuff. The uh, their what's that one that they do? That team. Uh, Genshin Impact. And Genshin Impact. I've tried. Uh, I've tried a, a lot of them. I've tried many, many in MMO. Half I can't even remember half of the names of them. Because usually I get on, I start playing for a little while, something will grab me about it, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe this one's not going to suck. And then almost always I I get to that point of, like, even even with the newer ones, even with some of the quote-unquote better ones, it's like I, I feel like there's another layer of just in the game design itself of... Um, you know, it's like half the time, oh, you're, you're so important. You're, you're the, you know, we need your help to save the world. And then it's suddenly like right after you've got a swarm of other characters, just waiting, either waiting in line or trying to push their character, a little at, you know, like you have, you see it even in Final Fantasy. It, it just there's something visually that irks me about it, where you're trying to go through this epic story or whatever. And then they show you know everybody else uh, all you see all the other characters around you are all just getting in line doing the same quest and it's just it feels more like gamers just being herded along through an experience and it just i, I don't know it's a weird thing for me and it it, it usually ends up feeling like yeah this is not what i what i what i want right now um and uh yeah and then i guess the moral of the whole thing too is that uh cog just needs to be a friendlier person because half the time i'm i'm not on online with those games because i kind of assume everybody's you know like unpleasant but right I mean, yeah. I would say, you know, hey, you need to play Warframe, but... Uh, I've played Warframe, too, yeah. I, I played Warframe I, for a while. I really enjoyed Warframe. Um, but again, the, the problem with Warframe was more so... Um, I don't know, it's just the, the grind of it, I guess, kind of pulled me off of it. I just, I just was like, I found something else that caught my attention, and and I just didn't feel like committing. I was about to say, I, I really wouldn't recommend playing Warframe. Even still, it's just, uh, I mean, it's it's got one of the most fun uh, movement systems ever. It is just a joy it is. to just it is. I will. I totally around. agree with you. Yeah, but at this, but at the same time, it is married to one of the most ass backwards and I, i'm sorry professor it, it I, that's the only way i can really think of it it is the most ass backwards game design in terms of you need to get 67 kumquats but they're only used in this one area yeah see but, a lot of that a lot of that just really just throws me out of out of the game sometimes and it's just like I totally agree with you. I remember Warframe being like a ton of fun. And I was like, oh, this is one of the best, you know, free to play MMOs out there. And and then it's like, I just got stuck in, I got, I got tired of the grind. I something else actually grabbed my attention. And I was just like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. 
But um, I, 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 I guess I would say of all the negatives that we have talked about with MMOs, um, usually all the positives that Snack meant that that we've that you know Clockwork has mentioned and Snack has mentioned are usually like they'll pull me in, I'll try the game, but I'm almost always hit with either one or all of the negatives that Mr. Snack has also brought up, and they always pull me out. And it always pulls me out. Even one of those negatives will pull me out of the game. So fair, definitely fair. I want to I want to preface that by the way is that MMOs are not for everybody. I try to I try to find MMOs that people might like if they are thinking about getting into the genre, which is why I talked about Final Fantasy fourteen to these folks for a bit because they all really liked Final Fantasy. I'm like, well, you always try the MMO and they gave it a try and they really liked it. So oh now World of Warcraft stuff like that, I'm pretty sure that no matter how much they fixed everything like that, it might not be their thing because they just might not be into the genre. I don't know. That's more of your guys to answer that if you want to or not. But I'm just saying it's like like there's a time there's a there's a time and place for game especially nowadays with how little time we actually get to sit down and you know, play games like that with work and life and stuff like that. Uh, and playing an MMO seems more and more more of a fantasy than for a fantasy than um, in real life because just it's harder to get time to sit down and commit to something like that. Amen to that. I mean, my main problem. That is well, from- yeah. It, uh, I mean, if we're ignoring the fact that Blizzard has made some, uh, okay, ignoring Blizzard just being generally awful lately, or the the, the increasingly bonehead man uh, management of their own properties. Uh, I mean, my main problem with Warcraft is more the fact that, honestly, it's just uh, it, it's just kind of become part of the problem in terms of fantasy, just becoming homogenized and it's it's kind of become a meme parody of itself honestly it used to be fun it used to be interesting and weird and and now now it's not that anymore it's just big cauldron fight guy (laughs) and uh, you know i i just think to myself like man 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 remember warcraft Remember, you know, exploding sheep. Yeah, I remember. Remember, Zug Zug, man. As I've talked about by, uh, as I've said before, by shattered rose tinted glasses, because I don't see WoW the same way as I do anymore. Or although I do still see it as a a game, I think I like uh, more than other games, even though it's probably not as good as I think it is anymore. Either way. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just one of those things. Um, I, I guess, is it my turn now? Certainly. Go for it. Oh, my goodness. I have played uh, I, I have played a lot of the games that the professor mentioned because, honestly, I was, you know, one of those people that he's like, oh, yes, Nitaku, you need to play with me. And I'm like, I'll, I'll try. Uh, but now it seems like I'm the one who's dragging him to play games. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, like I finally got him to play, uh, STO with me and I, I felt kind of bad cause I was using my max level character and I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay. They'll, they'll synchronize us. 
spoiled it. I, you know, it's like, uh, this is STO. This is a 15 year old MMO. We don't do synchronization. That's a, that's, that's a highfalutin new game thing. And so I was fighting, you know, end game enemies, which was fine for me, but you know, poor little, little snack was getting, you know, two touched and Help destroyed. Me. Mr. Yutako, I don't feel so. Uh... Yeah, it was kind of one of those, you know, we, we were having a, a straight uh, Star Trek, the motion picture moment where, you know, just the enemy would look at Snack and his ship would just just disappear. And I was like, I, man, I didn't think I was that under leveled. And it's like, no, you're not. It's the enemy is over leveled because they scale to yeah. the highest level, not the lowest one. Yeah, they're 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 scaled to level 65 and you're level what? Four, so I know yeah, it's a little the, higher than that, but I was like thirteen, I think. Yeah, so gone. Yeah, um, and I mean, I played a lot of PSO two. Ah, man, you know, I I could probably wax quite a long time on on my feelings on PSO two. I really liked classic PSO two. It's one of those games that it's like, you know, you want to turn off your brain and just, you know, do really cool space stuff for a while. Oh, PSO2 um, is great. The problem is they bolted PSO3 onto the side of it, and they didn't want to lose all the lucrative marketing deals they made for PSO2. So they literally just attached it like a blood-sucking parasite onto the side of it and called it no content. I mean, new Genesis. You know, and the worst part is, is I... I I, a lot of the, like, I can see there are some brilliant ideas in uh, New Genesis. The entire just, you know, here's the world. Go out and explore the world. Is, is basically how, if it was up to me, if I had, you know, like $100 million and five years, and, and you know, there was some rich, eccentric billionaire, it was like, Mr. Gitaku, I want you to make an MMO. I'd be like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to set up the world so that you just do whatever. Um, but the problem being is that, you know, there's nothing in the world. There's, there's nothing out there to prompt discovery. And I mean, it's kind of sad really when like Genshin Impact actually has more going on in it in the open world than your supposedly high-level MMO. Um, come here. Yeah, that <sighs> was the entire thing was like, oh, hey, you have this big world and there's nothing in it. Oh, and also in this big world where it takes forever to move from city to city because even at high speeds, it's still 10 minutes between cities. Oh, there's still a perfectly linear story that in PSO2 Classic, you can literally access all from the same help window. And you didn't have I mean, to run 20 minutes to do errands between them. I mean, that and my my main thing is the fact that, like, uh, once again... Um, not only did they like not have pretty much any of the classes I really liked, but on top of that, uh, it's basically a boil to, you can't do any of the, the main quests unless you have a high enough battle power. And I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't realize I was playing Dragon Ball online. You know, you gotta, you gotta get your, 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 gotta get your power level up boys. Speaking yeah. of which, we need to play more Xenoverse too. 
I mean, I would if all the post-credits content wasn't just, it's this fight, but harder. Also, this fight has eight Saiyans in it, and they're each going to use each form of Super Saiyan as a revive. It's okay, guys. I am Blooper Saiyan now. And also, we need to get you Beast Mode there, Professor. Yeah, I didn't even look so you can. That. So you can gain, you can gain, you know, blue hair. Yours, or no, you can gain violet white hair. You know, it would still better than the Boo family transformation oh, that I get straddled. And with. you know, the funny thing is, is if it's anything like what I've seen for uh, Saiyans when they go beast mode, it makes you look really derpy too. <laughs> well, it's a Dragon Ball I, I don't transformation, know. I have, of course. I have not seen super. I have not seen Dragon Ball superhero, but let me tell you, I don't know what it is about modern Dragon Ball, but uh, it's like. You know, they take a thing from classic Dragon Ball and they're like, oh, you know, we need to bring that back. And so it's basically we want to do um, the final battle with Cell again, except that, you know, without any of the emotional gravitas, what little there was in that moment. Um, so That's a yeah, whole other conversation. <laughs> Hey, hey, everybody, do you want us to talk about shonen anime for like six hours? <laughs> that would be the longest <laughs> podcast. Do it. Well, that, that will set the Guinness record for longest podcast ever recorded at that rate. I have it'll it'll start with us. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll start with us commiserating about uh, Naruto and the problems with the genre to me going, okay, little children's, let me explain why Madaka box is the best series. Yeah. The MMOs are a weird kettle of fish to say the least. I played a lot of them. I have played more. I have forgotten more MMOs than I think the average person has probably known about. And Digimon Masters. I, I, I'm kind of in that. I, oh yeah, I see. I, I feel like I've forgotten more of them than I can remember. Yeah, but no, I've played a lot true. of them because, like, a lot of them, I would try. Some of them are so generic too, and it's yeah. like you play them for a little while, and then you're just like, "Oh, this is dumb. I'm gonna toss this out." Because I, I was just like, "There's so many of them I've tried, and I cannot even remember the titles to at this point." Right. Like, there are so many, like, the thing that killed me for years and years and years was the WoW clone, where they may have had their own original story, but mechanically, it was literally... Yeah, there were so many of those, too, yes. And I was like, this sucks, because you have taken the bog standard of MMOs and done nothing with it. Congratulations, you're Dragon Quest. (laughs) And I hate you as much as I hate Dragon Quest. And, And that's the thing, is that, like, that wow clone animo mentality just was such a, a bog it was this albatross on the genre that refused to allow it to grow evolve or expand in any meaningful capacity for like 15 or 20 years until it finally came into its own thing you know which is sad because you look at the like the very 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 old memos and it's like man how did we ever get that because like ultima online didn't have this problem EverQuest didn't have this problem. Right. Yeah, yeah. I remember EverQuest, you know, yeah. That's another wow one. comes along and, you know, it just is like everybody wants to be that. And it's like, I'm sorry, but, you know, looking at classic vanilla WoW, it was like, it was not. It's not like this holy grail of, of gameplay. It was pretty, pretty 
boring. And I mean, go ahead, go ahead, clockwork. You may eviscerate me. Launch your <laughs> arrows and bombs. Crucify the Pugum. You know you want to. <laughs> Cast it into the fire. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to do that before this, but I mean. No, he said no, and he walked away, and then he got shot by a bunch of other people, <laughs> and Yutaku vanished from the world. Until <laughs> <laughs> so someone else picked him up. Oh, yeah, there's Lord of the Rings it's- Online. There's another reference. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Uh, man, you know, honestly, I do not understand why people want to like mess around with the legendarium in, in, in legend, uh, middle earth. It, it's Again, money. that's a whole other conversation. It's, it's money. Yeah. Dude, that's like, there yeah. are so many licensed MMOs that just exist because there was a market. There was money to be made. And a lot of the time they didn't care about the quality. A good licensed MMO is so much rarer than, than any other contemporary in the subgenre. The, the, the MMO can be any number of things and it can be something that's really, really cool. I mean, for example, Ditaku and I even played Black Desert Online up to like level 15 or so before it became Cash Shop Online. But it's like, they had this cool dodging system. It was more like an action game. There was a little less of that wow influence trickling in. And we're like, hey, this is actually kind of neat. I don't hate this. And then you hit the paywall. And, and, and that's where they're hoping. They're, they're like, oh, we're going to have half of you. We're going to hook half of you and turn you into whales. And half of you are going to head for the door. But you know what? It doesn't matter if a thousand people head for the door if we get one whale who puts out their entire paycheck every week. Like and that, just yeah. like mobile games. No, you just you just nailed it on the head. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's the same problem with mobile games. Some of them are good. Some of them can be really creative and innovative, but but just like those mobile games, a lot of these MMOs suffer that problem where one whale justifies ten thousand people quitting. And, and honestly, it's a shame because bringing people together has kind of been the concept since couch co-op became a thing in the first place. And, and that goes back to the very first iterations of home consoles as we understand them. That's that's the thing that I wish there was more of was just that couch co-op type design where you can play more than one or two people at a time. Yeah. Deep Rock Galactic. Like, it, it, a good exactly. Like there's, there's not enough. I feel like there's not as enough of them as there should be. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on that. Because, like, social elements in games are, are not a new concept by any stretch. And the, 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 the general thrust of it, I think, is a good idea on the whole. Just the, the execution is oftentimes let down by short-sighted corporations who are much more interested in pushing players to that cash shop as fast as possible versus giving them an engaging experience that they'll want to continue to revisit. And the thing that can oftentimes kill me is sometimes there's an MMO you do want to play and you can't. Let me tell you the legend of Monster Farm Lagoon. Monster oh, Rancher yeah. had an MMO. You know yep. who got it? Korea. Not us. You know who didn't get it? The English-speaking world and Japan. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Japanese and Korean are very similar. I've been told if you can read one, you can fundamentally read the other. But it's like, it's a Japanese game that's that's largely only ever had two markets, Japan and the like. The West, basically, is just like I, I don't know which of those is bigger because it's always been a bit of a cult, uh, a cult fandom. But yeah, there was an MMO and it got an expansion. It was Monster Farm Online and then Monster Farm Lagoon, and it's dead because you know the biggest problem all these MMOs have to cross someday is that same problem with every other game that's always online. Is everything that goes online has to come offline eventually. And that's it. <laughs> there's no, yeah. th- there's basically three ways of getting around that. And it's one, you find some way to put the game in perpetual maintenance mode, which is more delaying the problem than addressing it. Two, you just release the source code for the game and allow the fans to finagle their own homebrew solutions, which is cool if they're willing to part with the license, but most companies aren't. Because the, the third answer to this problem is just a big middle finger. And that's usually the one that you're going to get. Because it's, it's all funny, about actually the money, is, um, All about the Benjamins. Yep. There is actually one um, cyberpunk MMO. I forget the name that actually did that, though. Um, I don't remember what it is. So they so, gave uh, like source code to the fans. Yeah, they, they basically, the, the system, the game went under, and they just, uh, uh, let me look it up, uh, Necron, ah. Neocron, Neocron, Neocron. Yeah, it's basically, it's one of those old, 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 old MMOs, like, uh, in the same level of, like, EverQuest and FF11, but, um, yeah, basically, <laughs> the, the, the game company went under but it's still around just because uh, the source code got leaked and they were able to basically uh, like Frankenstein it back together. And it's uh, it's still online because of that. Nice. I mean, it's not like a huge game. But, you know, there, there is a community for it. But there's people who care enough to keep it that way. Yeah. That, 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 that's actually really cool. I like that. And yeah. uh there, there is one basically special. that was, hmm? yeah, that was like the big thing that that you know happened when you know there was the big cluster over uh, cyberpunk is, you know, people were like, oh, I can't play it, and then other people are like, well, there's this other cyberpunk game that your your toaster could play because it came <laughs> out in like 2003, right? <clears throat> wow, but my toaster only has an RTX 20. <laughs> I think that's the biggest weakness that we're that we've been running into in general is that the game that runs on the server <clears throat> and once it's done, it's done. Uh there was a game that I played that probably no one has heard about that had an all that was a it was a uh there's a team-based fighter or like a team-based fighter where you pick a character you get like three. You got like three other compa- uh, players who play a character, and you get four enemies on the other side. And your entire your objective was to just fight and get to the enemy base and destroy their base. Very simple. Uh, Are you talking uh, about League of Legends? Talking about this game called Gigantic. Oh, 
Yeah, no, I've heard about that. It's dead now, as I recall. Yes, uh, it, it was basically the server was, was shut down, and, uh, and nobody. It was uh, it was shut down because apparently they had low player count, and the problem is, is that because it was because they didn't like share the source code, they didn't like leave a community, they didn't allow community servers or anything of that nature. The game is is pretty much dead, even for players who you know might have still wanted to play it or anything like that. There's a lot of games like that that unfortunately it runs that same thing, and we're getting to more and more games. Um, if I remember correctly, um, uh, there's a game series that's been very, very popular called called Payday, which is the bank heist, uh, cooperative bank heist game. Uh, the first, first and second game, to my knowledge, are standalone, you know, games. But the third one that that they that they're announcing that for uh, to release, I believe, soonish, uh, is is an always online server based game. And not a stand and not a you know uh, standalone like single pl- like you play single player or multiplayer. I don't know, you probably still play single player, but like if the server goes down, that's it. Payday three is gone. If the ser- uh, I believe you can still play Payday two and Payday one even if the servers were to disappear for any reason. I could be wrong on that if they changed something recently, but to my knowledge, you can still play those games. <laughs> um. And like, uh, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, I, don't ha- I I thought I had another game, but I don't. But yeah, it's just uh, the always online, like server based. Like, there's no real like actual like physical copy that you can you know still play and everything is pretty. Per- it sucks. And even like I have like my copies of Guild Wars two and World of Warcraft and stuff like that. But you know when the servers go down. You know, no one's gonna like uh, the only time. The, uh, there's no one's gonna be playing. Uh, uh, no one's gonna. Uh, that game's gonna be gone, and the only thing you're gonna have is the uh, community servers that people have modded to craziness for a bunch of different things, like arena fights and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like the the bigger the game the more likely that there's going to be some kind of plausible solution for it. A lot of the mid and smaller sized games are just going to disappear. And and that really is a, a tragedy. No one wins when a game goes offline and dies forever. Like even if no, it's, it's going to be... Hmm? Oh, I was about to say, um, you know, this is supr- start <laughs> surprisingly similar to uh, something that I, I have a big uh, fondness for. I, I'm a big fondness for very strange... Um, very, 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 very old uh, religious texts. I, I I love looking at just old mythological treatises and stuff. And a lot of them are just not available anymore just because they're so old. And so basically what we have at most for some of them is just, uh, you know, people talking about them. And so we get summaries or, you know, just the opinions of people talking about them. So, you know, I, I, I hate to say it there, dude, your, your, uh, your favorite MMOs and stuff are basically going to become the same as my Gnostic literature. <laughs> oh, I, I know that. I was I not ready for that sentence. The, uh, but the thing is, though, too, is that, like, um, the one thing I liked about, like, the age when I played, like, games and stuff like that is like um when i played counter-strike and stuff like that is the community server it was built around 
community servers as well. So like even like to this day, you can still find people who play Counter Strike 1.6 20 years or 15, 20 years ago or whatever. Long that Gary out and source, so you can still play it even 30 years, 40 years in the future. People still have servers for it. For it, the games that are not inherently have community servers stuff like that, that are do are just doomed to be gone. That's why, like a lot of people, when uh, Titanfall, I think they're planning on taking. I think one of the servers for Titanfall down or Titanfall two. I don't remember which one it was. And there was a big backlash about it because people still play that game. And everyone's like, "No, don't kill our game. We still play it. We don't want to play Apex. We want to play Titanfall because we like Titanfall and Max. We don't want to play your battle royale game." And I believe it ended up saving the game for a bit but i mean the inevitability is that at one point or another it's, it's going to die either way it is kind of just stayed the execution as it were <laughs> yeah that is the sad reality well, and, and no company has really offered up a long-term solution to the problem well there are uh, the, the, make physical copies and stop being meh <laughs> i was about to say the long-term solution is to realize that mmos are ephemeral and that you should not you know uh, make something that is digital, you know, your life, you should go out and live your life. And, you know, as fun as, as games are, they're just games. And I, you know, hate to say this as an, as a nerd, as, as someone who enjoys digital media, but you know, it's the truth. Absolutely not. Turn me online all the time. Every time. <laughs> no, you know, most oh, of the okay. problems in the world are caused by that attitude. <laughs> I know you're kidding, but I'm like, I, I feel like Clockwork is going to become the villain in our war game. Really weird to see, but I do touch grass every once in a while. Even I do. Fair. Yeah. So I, I did <laughs> want to uh, diverge from the course. And I do want to talk about one thing. And this has bugged me for a while. Uh, we mentioned Final go. Fantasy XIV many times, <laughs> and it's it's an important game, and it's 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 one of the, the the big MMOs, and so a lot of people have played it, and you can play the trial up through Heavensward, which is important because warning Heavensward spoilers. Uh, Stormblood. Uh, it's going to become Stormblood Storm now. It's going to be Stormblood when six five drops, uh, but when this video goes live, uh, it will still only be up through Heavensward technically. That said, uh, Heavensward spoilers. You, you have been warned, Cog, drop the spoiler warning here. Okay, so, I'll remember to do that. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, there's this thing called the Dragon Song War. And it, broadly speaking, the game kind of leaves it ambiguous as to who shot first. Um, but let me explain. This is a very important treatise on the Dragon Song War. And as someone who has played up through the uh, post-credits content in Endwalker, not all the way, but I've been through most of it, uh, Ishgard did nothing wrong. Like, I, I don't mean the evil crazy Pope guy who becomes Knights of the Round, because he was largely acting under his own capacity, and, and him going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is unrelated to specifically the Dragon Song War. In, in regards to what happened before the the Warrior of Light even gets to show up. Because the war is like already started. The, the inciting incident has already happened and the war's been going on for a while. Now And by a while you mean like a thousand years? Yeah, it's been a hot minute. So here's the thing. Ishgard is essentially an ethno state. It's like ninety-five percent Elizon. 
and like every other race falls under like the last sliver of whatever census data remains. So Elizon are just like these tall elf people, basically. That's all you really need to know. And the primary knights are the Order Dragoon and, as more recently, the Machinists Guild, which only have come to be within the past few years in-game. So, I want you guys to keep that in mind. You have boys in armor with pokey sticks and some guys with some guns. Hmm. Okay, so, their enemy are space-born horrors who are giants, absolutely titanic creatures, who have basically unlimited access to all magical energy just by existing. They have freakish control over the elements. Their very existence tends to geoform the world around them. They can fly. They have claws that cut through armor, a tail that's like a whip or a club, depending on species, and their scales are basically a natural armor that is all-encompassing on all sides. Many of them have horns with which to ram, gore, or stab things. And the game is like, yeah, this is definitely an even fight. You can definitely see oh, how you, these you, guys with you sticks. Forgot, hmm? You forgot. You forgot the most damning thing about this, dude. What's that? The fact that they they are uh, so alien and weird that they don't even reproduce sexually. They actually produce reproduce via budding, and the only reason why they pair up in uh, pairs uh, for parenting is more for bonding. It's not because of the necessity of reproduction. In fact, that's the problem is the fact that Midgard's armor basically is the father of all dragons, even though it's just him. Yeah. And 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 so these things invade. They're an invasive species. The very first thing they did is land on on the the planet Heidelin without any say so from the actual native inhabitants and just try to take over everything. And their biggest, the, the biggest stopgap between the rest of the world and, and the Pikachu faced. Yeah. And they surprised Pikachu faced when the, um, the natives basically took their father, stabbed him into a space station and are like, you're going to power the moon now. Yeah. So, the, the, the thing that stands between worldwide domination of the greatest evil that Heidelin has ever seen is some guys with little pointy metal bits on the end of sticks. But we're supposed to believe this war is per- perfectly balanced, even, and no one is at fault, despite the fact that the Draconic Horde invaded Heidelin and then proceeded to engage in the Dragon Song War because Midgard Swarmer basically just doesn't shut up and creates this, like, apparently subsonic frequency only dragons can hear that constantly entices them to violence. So if dad says, okay, kids, it's time to go to war and murder all these Elizon who literally were just trying to survive sucks to be the Elizon because that's what the dragons are going to do. Okay. One, one, one's minor correction. Uh, while Midgard's armor does do that, the entire impetus for the Dragon Song War was the fact that they uh, killed uh, Ratatoskar. Ah, Ratatoskar. That's uh, right. Yeah, it, it, it's not. Yeah, it's it's because they they entered that one particular valley in Dravania. They killed Ratatoskar and basically stole her eyes, which is what allows the dragoons to do their dragon magic. Right. So. Here's the thing. The game leaves it ambiguous 
as to whether Ratataskar provoked the Dragoons or if the Dragoons provoked Ratataskar. My point is that point is completely immaterial. The dragons are already an evil alien invading force whose very existence by purely being there is disruptive to the ecosystem of Heidelin, which has no natural predators. Nothing eats dragons with the possible exception of other dragons. The only things that have yet to pose a legitimate threat to them are some of the greatest demonic forces of the void that really mildly inconvenience the dragons, but you don't see the Dravanian forces helping the Warrior of Light in any meaningful capacity. They're just, hey, you should feel bad for the spaceborne eldritch horrors that invaded this planet because they're, they're sad because someone killed one of the millions of these parasites and the way they spread across the world. And also, there was this sad lady who, who really, really liked to kiss dragons. And you should feel bad because that lady is sad. I do not feel sad for Shiva. Shiva is dead. Okay? <laughs> Shiva is dead dead and a betrayer to the Elizon peoples who literally have to hide in castles of stone and with their pokey sticks to defend themselves. Then literally, literally the only reason there's as many dragoons as um, there are. Not yet, no. The only reason there's as many dragoons as there are is because job stones came to be a thing and they could pass the training on to their children. Because here's another fun fact. Dragons don't die of old age in final fantasy. So they're still just chilling, waiting for their chance to murder more Ishgardians. This is not a fair and balanced war with no one to blame on either side. The dragons started the war, the dragons prolonged the war, and it was the warrior of light, whatever race you're playing, essentially a human, is the one who steps in and is like, hey, maybe you need to Stop murdering Elizon. <laughs> maybe, maybe you need to stop doing that. You, you shouldn't commit mass genocide, okay? You should, genocide's bad, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, but the Dragon Song War is really the war of draconic aggression, and, and I'm never apologizing. Ishgard did nothing wrong. Dragoons are absolutely blameless and based and awesome. And you guys need to, you know, high five your local dragoon because no one's going to tank the floor more reliably than them, and you should rely on them for their expertise in dragon killing and floor tanking. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Any questions? Golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take uh, off clap. I'm cool with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, from my point of the story, I feel like them coming to Eorzea and that whole thing is a bit more just is a bit more justified. But the me, but the means does not did not justify the ends in in either way. Hey, and unfortunately, you know, a little bit of a little bit of talking could have went uh, went away. But you know when. Oh yeah, like no, if they had no shown way. up and been like, "Hey, we need to negotiate and like purchase some land or something," I wouldn't have this beef <laughs> with these guys. But that's not what they did, and and that's kind of a thing that you see repeated because you know spoilers for later in the story. There's this dragon who just conquers an entire continent and sets himself up as their unrivaled god king with no contest or way to ever go against what he wants, and. 
Yeah, that's just supposed to be a good thing. The, 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 the unopposed absolute monarch is supposed to be a good thing. Just saying, not a fan. Dragons got to die because that's what dragons are supposed to do. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> uh. All right, so we've gone on long enough. <laughs> this has been the hipster snack and caught. Uh, I'm sorry, I almost said your names at the same time, and that was almost incredibly tragic. So let me try that again. Uh, along with me tonight was Clockwork Fiction. Who might be known as Cogworks all of a sudden. <laughs> <Cogworks>. <laughs> I, almost, I almost said Cogworks. I'm sorry. You guys have not, in fact, used the Patara earrings. It's just a slip. Cog. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for putting up with my uh, disdain, general disdain for MMOs for this whole conversation. I apologize. No, and uh, again, having that uh, the devil's advocate, I think, makes it more fascinating. And, of course, Mr. Ditaku, who may or may not be indisposed at the moment, but that's okay. Uh, no, thank you, gentlemen, for, for joining me this fine evening and, and hashing out this uh, long-winded discussion on a genre where I, I think a, a lot stands to be improved and a lot can be learned therefrom. So, if you guys liked today's episode, please like, comment, subscribe, and all that other good shill stuff that I'm obligated to do. Uh, leave a comment down below. What MMOs do you like? Which ones do you not like? What do you think could improve MMOs and make them more accessible to people who are curious about the genre? We'd really like to hear what you have to say. This is the Hipster Snack and the Tomodachi Brothers, and we are signing off for now. Bye. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast, produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Inside Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.